the beauty of us live streaming or having the ability to watch previous services is both a blessing and a frustration. To be able to catch up on previous sermons can be a great help if following a theme or passage in scripture. But as both Roy, Mike, and in the past Ivor will know, it is all too easy to include part of next week's talk in your message. At times when I'm live here, during the talks by others, Jake and I are often sorting out what comes next or what's take out. And in the process, we miss out on the complete talk. However, like you, I can either watch the talk on our website and by clicking on the YouTube button below the talks section, recent sermons can be watched from our homepage. Or by clicking on a video tab next to it, a new world of past services over the years can be watched. In a sense, we have our own catch-up channel. And that's what I did on Wednesday before starting to write this talk for today. In Roy's last five minutes, he clearly explained why Jesus came to save us from our sins and became the means of restoring us back to God. So there you have it. Jesus left heaven to become a vulnerable baby who grew in wisdom and knowledge, where at the age of 30 began his ministry, which lasted three years before he was nailed to the cross and took upon himself your sins and my sins, and in fact the sins of the world, past, present, and future, and in doing so, experienced the wrath of God, which meant separation from his Father. Why? Because it was the only way we could enter into a right relationship with God. By Jesus taking on our sins, and by us accepting Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, when we approach God, he doesn't see Barry with all his weaknesses or you with yours. He sees his son Jesus, whose scripture tells us he is well pleased. So if Roy said this last week, why am I saying it again? Well, did you respond to it? It's a known fact it can take three years. Oh, when did we hear that last said? For a person to proclaim a faith in Jesus Christ, others take longer. Just because one person has shared their faith doesn't mean it will bear instant fruit, although someone becomes convicted of their sin. It takes time. We use terms like the penny has dropped or the light has come on and someone seeing Jesus for the first time. I recall Ross's baptism. And my first conversation with Joe, sharing his new faith. And I'm sure you too will hear it soon, hopefully next year when Joe is baptised. But then it took time. It took many questions and conversations. It took time in reading the Bible before realising that Christianity and becoming a Christian was the part missing in their lives and was the missing link in their lives. Many of us at ABC and watching others will remember their first occasion in discovering the truth that had been hidden from their eyes. I've said it before, for me, it was like seeing color for the first time. Now I know it's hard to believe, 
But I grew up with a black and white TV. Can't imagine it now, can you? I can remember the snooker commentator, Ted Lowe, saying, for those viewers watching in black and white, the pink ball is just behind the green. Well done, Ted. Can you imagine life without a color TV? Can you imagine a life without Jesus? If he is now your Lord and Savior, your friend? I came across a story which I'm going to read to you now. A pastor in a church was about to start his sermon during a service when he briefly introduced a visiting minister in the congregation. He said that the visitor was one of his dearest childhood friends and asked him to say a few words in a pulpit. With that, an elderly man walked up and told a story. A father, his son, and a friend of his son were sailing off the coast when a fierce storm hit them and the three were swept into the water and the boat capsized. Grabbing a rescue line, the father had to make the most painful decision of his life. Who was he to throw the lifeline to? The father knew his son was a Christian and that the son's friend was not. The father yelled, I love you, to his boy, and threw the line to the boy's friend, pulling him to safety, while the son disappeared forever beneath the waves. The father knew his son would go to eternity and be with Jesus, but couldn't bear the thought of his friend stepping into an eternity without Jesus. Therefore, he sacrificed his son to save the son's friend. Concluding, the visitor said, How great is God's love for us that he gave his one and only son, that we should be rescued. So take hold of this lifeline that the Father is throwing you during this service. With that, the old man finished, and the pastor took his place in the pulpit and preached his message. At the end of the meeting, some teenagers came up to the visitor. They'd been very skeptical throughout the old man's story and had not responded to the appeal. That wasn't a very realistic story, they said mockingly. No dad would do that. You've got a point, said the visitor. But I'm standing here tonight to tell you that this story gives me a personal glimpse into the Father's love for us. You see, I was that father, and your pastor here is my son's friend. I've heard it said, and I'm sure you too, of people saying that they could not live without Jesus in their lives. They could not have coped in their personal situation without knowing he was near or just a prayer away. Yet for some, Jesus is a problem because of some unconfessed sin. It could be an addiction that you know is wrong. It could be a relationship that is not godly. It could be something prior to you becoming a Christian that prevents your relationship with Jesus going deeper. This is where the dragon reappears. Or the snake bites your heel, 
It's where the evil one plays tricks with your minds and tells you lies. Last week, Roy said, Lucifer was a liar. But before that, what was his role in the heavenlies? He was the worship leader. He led worship and enjoyed the adulation that was meant for God. He took the praise rather than giving it to God. Now when Lucifer fell, he took a third of the angels with him. But know this, that left two thirds, so God's angels outnumbered them two to one. Now we know that Jesus has the victory, but even heaven's angels outnumber those of the deceiver. No matter what lies he tells you, no matter what areas you struggle with, these heavenly angels are fighting on your behalf. However, the decision to follow Jesus is down to you and me. He will not force himself upon you. He waits patiently outside your door knocking. You alone can open the door and invite him in to your life. You alone can choose to follow him and his teaching and fill in the God spot that only Jesus can fill. So this Christmas, why not invite Jesus into your life? Tell him all your worries and concerns, your disappointments and failures. There is nothing he's not heard before and nothing he cannot fix. All you must do is be honest with him. And if you've done something wrong, ask for his forgiveness. You might have to ask someone else for their forgiveness too before you move on. But the burden will be taken from you. I love the analogy that Corey Ten Boom has penned, and I visualize it as a cartoon. God has created a pond where we can offload all our anger, frustration, hurt, disappointment. You know, the list continues. What we must do is throw all of these concerns into the pond. But the best part is in the middle of this pond is a sign that says, no fishing. Once you give these issues to God, we must leave them with him and not pick them up again. That is what the serpent or the dragon wants you to do and bring down your mind, your weaknesses and failures. But if you've given your life to Jesus, you are no longer a slave to sin. Your sins are forgiven. And you can say to the dragon, I have been forgiven by Jesus who shed his blood on the cross for me. That was my past. My future is with him. In the name of Jesus, go. Isn't it amazing? Jesus may have been born in a wooden stable. He worked with wood as his trade. And it was a wooden cross that he was nailed to. Would you humble yourself this Christmas and give him a place in your heart? One of the people we supply food to shared with me that they had had a really bad week. And he asked me for a book of prayers that could be read. In my search for the right one, I came across a book I didn't even know I had. <coughs> Excuse me. 
It's called Amazing Grace, and it's based upon the well-known hymn. Within it is scripture and prayers. I invite you to join in with me, saying this prayer. Lord Jesus, I admit that at times my heart is wretched. My sin brings grief to you and creates a barrier between us. Yet you have assured me that you will forgive me when I repent. The relationship between the wretched creature and the loving creator is restored. You are perfect. I am imperfect. You are love. I am unlovely. Thank you for looking beyond my sin and seeing the person, body, soul, and spirit. You created me to be in your name. Amen.